This is Ria. Welcome to Little Stories for Tiny People. Fears. We all have them. I certainly do. One of my biggest fears is heights. Being on a super tall bridge? Yep, that freaks me out. Downhill skiing? Terrifying. Let's see. What else scares me? Oh, well, okay, I kind of denied it before, but I will admit I am afraid of geese. Look, I challenge you to get trapped by a swarm of geese while out for a slow jog in a narrow path and come away from that experience without a very real, very rational fear of those undersized dinosaurs. Moving on. I'm also afraid of snakes. I know most people love snakes and just want to snuggle up with them, but not me. Our story today is about fears. It's also a follow-up to one of my most popular episodes, We All Fell In. I don't have a guest today. I had some scheduling difficulties, but the studio spiders are here and they are scowling at me right now. So I think that means we should get on with it. So let's get to it. The story is called We All Fell In Too. Take it away, Isai. Now remember, there are no pictures. You're going to have to imagine the pictures in your mind. You can imagine the pictures however you want. Okay, here we go. Okay, Gil, you're going to take a deep breath and move closer to the worm. Gil shivered with fear. He looked ahead at the worm poking its head out of the ground about five feet away. Gil gulped, gulp, slithered himself about one inch closer, and gave a nervous smile. How did I do? Did I do really well? Wow, Gil. You're closer. You're facing your fears, buddy. Yeah, you're closer now. You're a little bit closer. You did something, Gil. Jim sighed. She was a short-haired dachshund with a shiny coat of black and brown fur. She looked at the animals she was meant to lead on that day's fear exposure hike. There was Gil, a garden snake with a paralyzing fear of worms, Begonia, a turtle terrified of being alone, Clive, a tree crab with a sprained leg who had written on his form that he was terrified of being airborne, and a three-legged cat named Desmond with a fear of snakes. Desmond took a step away from Gil, the garden snake. Jem eyed the group. The day would be a waste, just like every other. This whole idea of taking a bunch of animals out on a fear exposure hike clearly sounded brilliant, and business was booming, but in practice, there was never enough time in a day to address everyone's fears. Like just last week, when Jem was somehow expected to cure a hedgehog with a fear of crows— and a crow that was afraid of hedgehogs, and a tarantula that also happened to be afraid of hedgehogs and crows. Oh, 
and a ladybug afraid of dancing. The whole system was a farce. No matter. It was Jem's final day of work. At 4.52, she was going to quit. She already had a speech planned out. She'd even tucked a copy of it in her satchel, just in case. All morning, she'd been practicing the most important line in her head to get it right. And I'm taking my stapler. No, no. And I'm taking my stapler. That's the one. Jem took a deep breath, scratched behind her ear with a hind foot, and reluctantly returned to the present. Nice effort, Gil. Uh, we'll come back to you later. Next time, you'll be staring at the worm for a full minute, so please start doing some mental rehearsals of that while you wait. All right, Begonia, you're up. Begonia, green already, seeing as she was a turtle, turned slightly greener and began to pull her head into her shell. Jem nudged her forward. Let's move this way. That looks like a good spot for your first time being alone for 30 seconds. The rest of the group, knowing their own turns were coming, offered some lukewarm encouragements. Uh, Begonia, you're gonna do okay. It won't be as terrifying as you think. It'll be less terrifying than that. Maybe it won't throw up. You never know. Okay, Begonia, you sit right here, and we will all go right over there, just beyond that tuft of grasses. They were in the middle of the forest in the earliest days of spring. The trees were waking up from their winter sleep, the longer stretches of sunshine coaxing them to sprout green buds all along their branches. On this particular day, the sky was a periwinkle blue with gauzy clouds drifting over the sun. Birds sang and bugs chirped. In the distance, the group heard some goats having a dance party. Begonia frowned and plopped herself on the ground as she was told. Jem, Gil, Clive, and Desmond shuffled away from her. Begonia's eyes went wide. Please don't leave me. We will be right over there, just behind that tuft of grasses, Jem said, walking backwards. I cannot be alone. What if there is a sudden lightning storm? What if that goat dance party drifts over here? I'm a subpar dancer. Everyone ignored Begonia. For her own good, of course. They continued walking. Just a few feet away. Just beyond that tuft of... Oh, no. Oh, no. Jem groaned. She pulled herself up to stand. Gil, the garden snake, was sprawled across her back. She slid him off. There were specks of dirt on Jem's eyelashes, and her fur was rumpled and dusty. Jem pawed at her eyes until they were clear, then looked up. No. No! Then she remembered Begonia, terrified Begonia, who was still safely above ground. Begonia! The rest of the animals joined in. Hey, Begonia! Help us, Begonia! Just find a very very, very long branch and 
A green turtle shell came toppling down the hole. It bounced once and then came to a rest. Begonia popped out, looking guilty, but not as guilty as Jem thought she should look. I'm just very afraid of being alone. Uh Uh-huh. Jem looked up at the circle of afternoon sky far above them. Jem instinctively pawed for her satchel, which had been slung across her back. It was gone. It must have come off as she'd tumbled. Jem glanced around, realizing that if she didn't do something quick, instead of ending the day by quitting her job, and I'm taking my stapler, she would live out the rest of her days in this dark hole in the ground with a bunch of terrified animals. First, she took stock of the situation. She had a garden snake, a tree crab, a turtle, and a three-legged cat. She herself was a dachshund, so she couldn't jump very high. She couldn't climb very well, either. There were roots jutting out from the soil in the walls of the hole. Jem began pulling roots, yanking them from the soil with her paws, and putting them in a pile. A very small pile. Her animal associates said unhelpful things as she did this. Gosh, doesn't seem like those plants want to let go of their roots, huh? That's a really small pile. Why are you harming those plants? Are we eat those? Because I'm not sure I can digest them. I have a very sensitive system. No, Clive. We are going to tie them together to make a rope. Oh. 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 Okay. Would anyone actually like to help me? Everyone suddenly had things to do. My shell is very dirty. I should probably clean it up today. Uh, one of those roots could uh, turn out to be a snake. Clive began singing, as if that would improve their situation. Oh, I could help. Gil slithered over and looked up at Jim. She looked back at Gil, taking in his completely armless and legless presence. Can you pull out some roots? Gil looked at the roots poking out from the soil. He bit onto one and pulled rather pathetically. It didn't move. A small worm poked its head out from the soil and smiled warmly. Oh, well, hello there. Fancy meeting you on my travels. Gil leapt back and curled himself up into a tight, shivering spiral. Jem shook her head and got back to work. Hello, she said to the worm. Good day to you. The worm tipped its tiny hat and disappeared back whence it came. With no help from the others, Jem had a hard time gathering roots. When she finally managed to braid together enough roots to make a small length of rope, she looked up to see... Desmond, the cat, gnawing on the other end. I was hungry. I was I was real hungry. After that, Jem tried using Gil as a lasso. Don't worry, Gil. I'm just going to hurl you up there, and all you have to do is snag yourself in a rock or something. Uh, do I, do I have to do this? Yes. Do you think there might be worms up there? Jem looked at Gil, and her thoughts screamed for attention between her floppy ears. You are a snake. A snake. You cannot be afraid of a worm. It does not make any sense. But Jem did not say that out loud. Instead, she said, This is a great time to overcome that fear of yours, Gil. 
Here we go. Unfortunately, Dachshund's legs are extremely short. Jem couldn't lift her leg to an angle close to what she'd need to in order to hurl Gil out of the very deep hole. Instead, Gil went flying into the wall. Ouch. Next, Jem tried yelling. We're trapped in a very deep hole and we do not have the required skill set to escape. Help us, please. I will provide you three free sessions of fear exposure therapy. She grew increasingly desperate. I have to quit my job today. Please, lower something to rescue me. Uh, I mean, us. You're quitting? When that didn't work, she agreed to Clive's repeated requests and organized a choir with the animals. We We are are stuck in in this hole. Would you care care to assist us? Somehow, their beautiful singing did not attract anyone. So there they were. Three hours spent in a hole in the ground. Jem had outsourced ideas, but the ideas the animals offered were strange and useless. So far, here is our list of ideas. We could use our saliva to make glue and put it on our feet and then climb up. That was my idea. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, next, we could fashion wings for ourselves out of sticks. Yeah, I came up with that one. Okay, we could close our eyes and imagine we are frogs who can jump really high, and then maybe it will come true. Oh, that was... That was my idea. That was my best idea. I do like using my imagination. And lastly, and lastly, we could sing pretty songs until the birds come. It could work. I think, I think it could work. Does anyone have any other ideas? Well, that's it. That was my life. This was my useless, useless life. Jem turned herself in a circle several times, following her own tail, until finally she settled on the ground and let her long ears flop over her eyes. The rest of the animals looked at each other, suddenly feeling a new, very real fear that eclipsed the ones that had brought them out on that day's hike. That's when they heard paw steps. Jem lifted her head and glanced up at the sound. All right, showtime, everyone. We are are stuck in in this hole. We are are stuck stuck in in this hole. hole. Would you care to assist us? We will offer three free fear exposure hikes. The paw steps stopped. The animals saw a nose and whiskers appear up above. We are saved! Just make sure you pull me up with someone, as I cannot, under any circumstances, be alone. Uh, I can be pulled up with anyone except uh, you. Are there any worms up there? Jem glared at the animals. Stop! We don't even know who this is. The animal above grunted. Um, excuse me? Jem called. Would it be possible for you to rescue us? I'm considering it. The animal moved so they could finally see him. It was a... Huh? What was it? Are you an aardvark? What a question. 
Uh, are you an enormous hamster? The animal simply harumphed. He's a chinchilla. You're a chinchilla, right? I'm a guinea pig. And before all of your hushed whispers of shock at learning of a new species, let's just get on with it, as I have a meeting to attend. I have literally no time to waste, so I will get directly to the point without meandering at all. The animals fell silent. We used to be wild many years ago. Used to roam the wilds of South America. We guinea pigs used to be free. Now we just live in human sleep containers slash boxes when we're not being served up on a platter. Oh my wow. goodness. Wow. Whoa. Yes, it's all very intriguing. Anyway, I myself don't live in a human sleep box anymore. I escaped so I could build this trap. Trap? 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 Yes, my trap. I am trying to capture the mysterious and cunning Bigfoot. <laughs> you forest creatures, always making fun of my life's calling. Bigfoot? How can you believe in Bigfoot? Why would you spend every Monday through Saturday and two-thirds of Sunday searching for Bigfoot? Plenty of creatures spend their lives doing stranger things than attempting to capture an elusive creature who absolutely does wander the forests of the Pacific Northwest. I'm not going to harm him. I only want to have lunch and learn his ways. Pick his brain. Jen watched as the others continued to laugh. She felt like her one chance to escape this dungeon was slipping away from her. Jem scrambled to think through their situation, to grasp at some small thing that might save them. Guinea Pig wanted to find Bigfoot in the forest. He'd clearly devoted his life to the cause, and Jem from leading countless fear exposure hikes, knew the forest better than anyone. So that meant an idea dropped into Jem's brain. Guinea pig, look, hear me out. Jem heard guinea pig shifting from paw to paw, clearly itching to leave. She got a quick glimpse of a rope that guinea pig casually twirled. What if we helped you find Bigfoot? We could... Jem paused for a second, realizing how much she did not want to do the things she was about to suggest. But she continued on, knowing it might be their only shot to escape. We could attend meetings. Meetings with presentations. And, and we could put together committees. Lots of committees. And... And we could circulate memos. And also, most importantly, we could go out on searches to find Bigfoot for you. Jem felt her heart swell with hope as she looked up at the circle of late afternoon sky. Guinea Pig stopped shifting. His snout and whiskers were still, as if he were frozen in thought. 
In contrast, the animals in the hole erupted with anxiety. Search for Bigfoot? You there mean be groups, snakes, right? What if Bigfoot lives with snakes? Myself? Oh, there could definitely be worms. Meetings? Are you kidding me? Meetings? This is our only hope. Jem's eye twitched as she stared them all down. The animals fell silent, gazing upward with a strange mix of anticipation and dread. Finally, Guinea Pig spoke. Sorry, it took me a minute to do the math. Math? Math? What? Math? Is math? My Bigfoot search club is at capacity. We've maxed out our space in the tree, and the fire marshal there will come after me if I add even one more animal. Also, side note, we are extremely close to finding Bigfoot. I do love your enthusiasm for long meetings, committees, and memos, but membership is closed, so bye. With that, Guinea Pig disappeared. Jem was paralyzed, staring upwards as her brain tried to catch up to what had just happened. There was already a Bigfoot search club? Membership was closed? None of it made any sense. How many animals had guinea pig trapped down here? But all of those thoughts fell away as fear settled in. Jem was never getting out. Never quitting her job. Never finding a way to lead a useful life. He's coming back, right? Was he just joking? He has a strange sense what of humor. Is math? Two minutes later, the mood in the deep dark hole had taken another dive. All is lost. I saw a worm. We are Gem. doomed. Jem? But Jem was curled in a ball. Her ears flopped over her eyes unable to do anything else. Night fell, and the hole took on a new, shocking level of darkness. And they never left the hole. The end. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That would be cruel, and I wouldn't do that. Night fell, and the hole took on a new, alarming level of darkness. The moon was tucked behind a cloud. All was quiet. Then they heard something. What was that? Um, maybe guinea pig coming back for us. Doubtful. Jem lifted her head. She figured the sound was simply a nighttime creature on its way to a flamenco dance show or a candle-making class, already too far away to hear their calls. But then... The clouds shifted enough for a glow of moonlight to fall over the hole. The animals gasped as they looked up and saw a rope. It dropped down in a flash, and the end of it hit the ground in a soft thud. Jem leapt to her feet and dashed to the rope, sniffing it wildly. It's not guinea pig. It's something else. The animals huddled around the rope and stared upwards. There was a tall, shadowy figure, backlit by the moon, at the edge of the hole. It was completely still and seemed to be waiting for them to do something. Jem felt relief wash over her. 
She nudged the animals forward, and one by one, they grabbed hold of the rope. Jem waited until they were all secure. Then she grabbed onto it herself, and the hulking creature above began to raise the rope. In seconds, Jem's head emerged from the hole, and she scrambled onto solid ground. She looked up just in time to see the creature, even bigger than she'd imagined, loping away on two feet. Jem suddenly remembered her satchel with her camera inside. She dashed around blindly, finally finding it in the grass. She pawed at the closure, nosed it open, lifted her camera, and clicked. The flash momentarily blinded her. When she regained her sight in the darkness, the creature was gone. Hey, Jim, did you what get a photo? was that thing? Do you think it was... I don't know. Jem pawed at her camera until the photo of the creature appeared. There it was, in the middle of the frame, its back facing them. A large, running, bipedal blur. Jem turned off the camera and shoved it back in her satchel. But deep down, she and the others knew exactly what they'd seen. Do you think we should tell the Gimli Tig? You mean the guinea pig? Yes. Should we tell him? Everyone was silent for a moment. Nah. 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 Jem led the animals home. She felt a great sense of peace knowing that she still had time to quit her job, take her stapler, and go on to make something of her life. Across the forest, Guinea Pig called his Bigfoot Search Club meeting to order. My friends, we are getting awfully, and I mean awfully, close to finding Bigfoot. Fears come in different forms. This story began with some pretty straightforward fears. Being alone, worms, snakes. But what about Jem's biggest fear? Hers was a little more complex. Jem wanted to lead a useful life. And suddenly, she was afraid she'd never have the chance. Sometimes the thought of never confronting that fear of yours, of never being able to hike a mountain or go on a flight somewhere incredible or to try that new food, sometimes the thought of not doing something becomes scarier than the thought of doing it. That's what happened to me with my writing. I had to ask myself, could I really accept never sharing my writing with people? Would I be satisfied with that life? In moments like that, you realize that never doing the thing that scares you is something you just cannot accept. That's when you act and you move forward and you expose yourself to challenges. And sometimes when you do that, magical things happen. So I encourage all of you to separate those straightforward fears, you know, your basic fears of rainbows, you know, that's a common one, or raincoats, that's not unusual. 
Separate those from the fears that might not be serving you, like the fear of trying something new or the fear of just being yourself or the fear of showing someone something that you made because those kinds of fears might be holding you back from something really cool. Little Stories for Tiny People is written, performed, and produced by me, Rhea Pector. My in-house technical director, Peter Kay, runs my website and puts my stories on the internet for all of you to enjoy. Big thanks to Isai for providing this super important reminder message at the beginning. And special thanks to all of the listeners who sent in sound effects used in this story. Thank you to Calvin, Oscar, Claire, Eric, and Ona. Okay, well, I'm off to jump into a confined space with a bunch of angry geese. That's, that's how I overcome my fear, right? I sure hope so. Thank you, as always, for listening in. 